So yesterday was daf number 104, today's 105, we'll do a review of yesterday's daf, get to today's, we are learning, have a mind for Shalema 4, Michal Aviva Bas, Yehudis, Hadas Bas Ronya, Amy Bestvora, David Ben, Mazal, okay, Mazal, right, um, have everyone who needs a refuah, should be as chos, okay, so we are, are starting off with the... I said Amy, I think I said Amy, Amy Basvara, okay. Amy Good morning, Yehuda, be quiet. Good. Okay. <laughs> now you can come back if the party's over, you can come back home. We miss you. I miss you, all right. Okay, so, um, well, yesterday was 104, we'll do a review of yesterday's stuff, we, um, um, and uh, we're in the middle of the story of uh, the death of Rav Yudha Nasi. So uh, what happened was, is that the, the day of the death of uh, Rebbe, the rabbis uh, were all fasting to, to, that he should get better. Um, and they were davening. And uh, they said, whoever um, tells us that Rebbe died should be stabbed with the sword. Because they just didn't want to let it happen. Meantime, the, ma- the maidservant of Rebbe went up to the roof and uh, she said, look, the, can you uh, um, mute? Uh, one second. Uh, I can mute him. One second. Okay. Um, so, so basically, um, what happened was is that uh, he got uh, he, 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 so so she the maidservant of Rebbe went up to the roof and she said, "Look, they want him on high, in heaven. They want him down here on earth. Let the people they down here on earth win." But she saw how much suffering Rabbi Danasi was going through. He would be constantly needing to go to the restroom and remove his tefillin, then go back and put back on his tefillin. So she realized that it was not easy for him to stay alive. So she said, let the, lower, let the upper spheres win. Uh, but the problem was is that the rabbis wouldn't stop davening. So she took um, like a, something that would, like a, a jug, she threw it off the roof to the ground, and when they heard that noise, they were shocked, and they stopped davening, and that was the moment that Rebbe was able to die. So uh, the rabbi said to Parkapar, why don't you go check in on Rebbe, see how he's doing? So he went in and found him dead. So he tore his garments right away, and he put his jacket behind, and uh, they said, no, what's going on? So he said, you know, the angels and the people down here were each grasping the Arun, and uh, the angels beat out the people grasping down here, and the Aron HaKodesh was captured. Um, so he said, oh, you mean he died? So he said, you said it, I didn't say it, because of course, he didn't want to be the one to be the bearer of bad news. Anyway, uh, when Rebbe died, he, before he died, he put up his ten fingers, and he said, Rabbi Shalom, you know that I worked, toiled hard with all my ten fingers in Torah. But even one finger's worth of toil, I didn't benefit from this world. Um, and may be your will that I have peace in my resting. Okay, so Heavenly Voice said, Yabashalom, Yenucha, Mishkevosam. So the question is, what does that Pasuk mean, Mishkevosam? It should have said, Mishkavcha. So the answer is, is that uh, there's this idea that when a tzaddik dies, 
So the angels on high said, the Rabbani Shalom, this is Tzaddik who's coming. Um, and uh, so he said, tell the other Tzaddikim to go greet him and invite him um, and bring him over. And that's what happens is that the other Tzaddikim come and, um, and, and, and accompany him. Um, Rebbe Lazar says when a tzaddik dies, so there are three groups of angels that go out uh, towards him, each of them saying encouraging words. Okay, and of course, when the bad guy dies, so it's the opposite, and that's the difference. Okay, next we saw is uh, Mishnah that uh, if she stay, if she stays by her father's household, so her ksuva is always collectible. As um, but um, uh, but if she's by the husband, then her ksuva is limited to twenty five years for within which to to claim her ksuva, and that's because in twenty five years, um, she probably spent that amount of money, uh, giving away their entitlement to the ksuva, uh, unlawfully. So the assumption is by twenty five years, it's used up. Yeah. I don't understand. 25 years? 25 years, you have, she has to claim. No, he's dead, he's dead. Her husband's dead, she's living off the estate. Ah, okay, she has, till 25 years? It's a statute of limitations, basically, Uh to claim her ksuva. She doesn't claim it up to 25, within the 25 years, she doesn't get it. That's only if she's in the house of of her husband. She's in the house of her father, then she could always claim it. That's one one view. That's Rameyer's opinion, and the name of Shem Gavliel. Chamev says it's the other way around. If she's in her husband's household, she can always collect her ksuva. And when she's in her father's house, that's when it stops after 25 years. Um, if she dies, the Yarshim have the same time limit, same statute of limitation. They can't claim it. The twenty-five up to only up to twenty-five years after the death of the mother, or since the beginning of the fa- passing away of the father. From the passing away of the father, that's what it sounds like. Meaning, even if she dies right away, somewhere in there, there, or there has to be. There, that's that. From the moment he dies, there's only twenty-five years within which to claim the. the Either ksuva. for the wife or the George. Exactly. Okay. So after being taken care of for for twenty four years, you cannot claim the ksuba for the. It's still intact. Yes, you can claim it if she wakes up at twenty four years, she sets her alarm. Twenty four years, it's not too late. Okay, that's the idea. So Abaye said to Rav Yosef, um, "How does this work? A poor uh, person is twenty five years, and Martha, the richest person, is the same twenty five years." Um, with this idea that she's giving away, you know, isn't there a difference? So the Gemara says, no. Um, that's the, the, it's, it's, it's relative. Everything's relative. A poor person gives away, you know, little, very, very little at a time. A rich person gives away a lot at a time. And by the time, the point being is over the span of 25 years, that's how much they're going to be giving that, and that's why they lose, according to a mayor. So the question is, what about, according to a mayor's opinion, does it like does the does the start diminishing, meaning starting from the beginning till twenty five years? It should like sort of diminish each year a certain amount, and we remain with the takeo according to Rabbi Mayer. And that's because we don't really pass on Mayer, so we don't really. It's a moot point, really. Okay.
Chum say that uh, it's the other way around. So Abai said to Rav Yosef, um, what's this pshatid? Before Shkia, um, so then she could collect her ksuva. As soon as it's sunset, she can't collect her ksuva. She's mochel in that, you know, that five-minute difference. So he says, what do you want? That's the way the Chacham works. They have to draw a line somewhere. Just like 40 so is enough to be tabulin, 40 sub minus a drop is not enough to be tabulin. You know, they always have to draw the line somewhere. You can't, you know, so 25 years, we assume is the mechila, and that's it. And 20, not a minute less, and not, you know, and once you hit 25, it's, and again, the rabbi's idea is not that because she gave away that amount. The idea is, is that there was a mechila by that time. If she didn't claim it within 25 years, that means that she forgives it. She doesn't need the money. You know, she was taken care of all the years. So, um, so Rav Yuda said name of Rav that Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi testified before Rabbi said in his name of his father Rav Yossi. He says that's only if they, she doesn't have her ksuva. If she's holding on to her ksuva, so then she'll always be able to collect her ksuva. Rabbi Lazar disagrees. He says it doesn't matter. Even with the ksuva, um, it's a, it's, there's still a 25-year limit. So Rav Shesha says a, a creditor um, can collect shalom um, haskara, uh, okay? So, um, which means that if he, even if he never mentioned the debt, you know, like he kept, he kept quiet about the money owed to him for years, okay? We never assume that there's a mechila, okay? That's the general idea. Um, so, what are we talking about? Does he have a star? Doesn't he have a star? If he has a star. So then, uh, well, if he doesn't have a star, then what, on what basis is he able to collect anything? So it must be that he that he has a star, and only a balkov we don't assume that he was mochel. But by a widow who's being taken care of by the state, we assume that she's mochel, right? So the answer is the Gemara. He asks the Kashi, he gives the same. He gives his own answer. He says he doesn't have a star. Talking about over here, where the person who owes the money is admitting, and. Uh, um, and that's what we're saying. By Balchov, he doesn't have the document, but he says, he wakes up 25 years later, oh, you know, I lent you $50, you know, 25 years ago. Um, and he says, yeah, I know, yeah, I did, I did borrow the $50, you know, 20 years ago. I, I still owe it to you. Um, so the fact that he didn't ask all the 25 years, we don't assume that there's no feeling. But by the, by the widow, you do assume that she forgives, that she forgave the note, she forgives it. Okay. If there's no star, would Shemitah be a problem for them? Like, whatever. No, it's Shemitah. We already discussed how you deal with the Shemitah. That's that. Uh, he wrote. Uh, he wrote all. You know. He wrote over all this. He he got a principal to take care I of the Shemitahs. Point being is, we never see mechila. Um, we don't assume a mechila uh, by a bachol, but we do assume a mechila eventually by a widow. Anyway. So uh, the Gemara says uh, that uh, by a divorcee, we, she's already a, a balaschov. She's not a widow. It's, um, that's what we say by her. We don't assume that she's machal anything. Okay. So uh, now on what basis is she collecting? Is there a ksuba? Um, so the Gemara says, no. It's also a case that we're chayv mota. The guy admits. Okay, the person who holds the money admits. Now Rav Nachum Yitzchak says that uh, Rav Yudah Barkaza quoted uh, Brisa from the Barkazas, okay, so the Chacham, Anyway, if she claims her ksuva, that's that putting in of a claim, that's like a resetting of the clock, 
she's entitled to 23 years from that point in time. So she could wake up after 24 years and claim her exuva and then have another 25, 25 years. <laughs> right, that's what's a reset. It's getting pretty older. I mean, 70 years old. Right. Um, but exuva, that, you know, if she has exuva, then that's always collectible. Okay? So Rav Nachmar, Rav Chizda said to Rav Nachmar Yaakov, tell us, um, are, are they arguing when there's exuva or not? And, um, and who do we pass on, like Rameir or the Chacham? So he said they're arguing, so he sent back, if they have exuva, it's always collectible. Okay? They're only arguing when there is no exuva. And it's just where he admits, I never paid it. Okay? Uh, but if they, um, but in Allah, is like the Chacham, that when she's been based, Baila, it's a mechila. When she's based of viha, it's not a mechila. So Rav Dimik said in the name of Rav Shem Paz, in the name of Rav Shem Levi, in the name of Bar Kapara, that's only true for the 100 or 200 of the ksuva. But the tosafes that she never lo- loses her rights on. Okay, it's only the 100 and the 200 that is considered machu. Rabbi Vos, in the name of Rabbi Yochran, even the tosafes she doesn't get, and that's because um, tonight Suva is Kiksuva. Okay. Um, and Rav Abbas in Rav Huna, in the name of Rav, that's only the mother, only the mother Masayim, but the Tosafis she gets, like our first view, like Bar Kapara. And uh, Rav Abbas said to Rav Huna, really, Rav said that? And he was asking, do you mean to say that in a happy way or a sad way? Which way do you mean it? So he's like, in a bad way, I don't think Rav would say such a thing because he disagrees with it. Okay, so we have here a story the, with the mother-in-law of Rav Chia Richa. Okay, so he married her daughter. Okay, and, um, and it happens to be that she, in a second marriage, she was married to, um, to his brother. Okay, or... What? Yeah, yeah. His brother. His brother. Rabchia Richa's brother. So she was, the brother had never had kids. The brother died. And she was. What? Evil. Well, why? No, well, uh, no, it could be the brother had kids from. Well, no, the brother had no kids. However, it was, whatever it is, I don't know exactly what's the Yibam. He He couldn't do Yibam because. It was his mother-in-law. There's no mitzvah yibum, so maybe there was no yibum. But anyway, point being is is that what's relevant over here is that is that she uh, that he inherited his brother, okay, and she's the widow of his brother, and she's fed from the state, okay. So she lived in her father's home. She wasn't living by Rebchia, by by Rebchia's brother. And um, and he fed her for twenty five years, okay. Um, at the end of the twenty five years, she said, "Where's you know what happened? Every month I've been getting, every day you bring me food. Today I don't get food. What happened?" So he said, "You don't get anymore. The twenty five years are up." So she said, "Okay, well, give me the money of the ksuba at least." So he said to her, um, "No, you don't get that either." Why not? It's finished. It's over. The party's over. You don't get you no, machu. No, After twenty five years, the 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 ksuba is machu. No, but not only that. The money's over. 
No, what money, money, money? There was still enough money. Oh, he's man. like, he's no, you're, I'm not obligated to pay you anymore. You're done. So she took him to court. Court was the rabbi of the court was Rabbi Barshilo. So he said, okay, what's all? He said to Rebchia, this Rebchia, he said, what's what's your, what's the full story? So he said, look, I fed her for twenty five years. She wasn't living in the house of the my of her deceased husband. She was living by her parents, and um, I'm telling you, every single day I brought food to her. That's what I did, and um, I'm done. I did my fulfill. I, I fulfilled my obligation. That's it. It's over. So Rabbi Barshila disagreed with Rabbi. He said, "No, you do have to. You you have to pay the ksuba, because the only reason why the rabbi said." That when she's been based by law, she collects her ksuva forever, is because she was embarrassed to ask for it. So we don't assume that she was mocha. We assume that she was, you know, being fed by the state. It's like uncouth to ask for the for ksuva, um, and that's why she didn't. But she really wants it, and she was never mocha. That's the assumption. Supposed to when she's not being, you know, not living off the state, so that you know she's living by her parents. So then she's not embarrassed to ask. But over here, because you've been so gracious for the 25 years, so therefore, that's why she was embarrassed to ask. So you have to give it. And uh, Rebchia disagreed with Rabbi Bashir. He says, you know what you're talking about? I didn't give it. So he said, okay, I'm going to give her a bit of collection that she could take for a few property. Um, and then she went with that, came to Rabbi. And he said, uh, what's the story? You know, Rabbi, what do you say? He says, he, uh, Rabbi Barshila judged correctly. So she said, okay, so then I want all the pairs of the land that he's been using in the meantime. So he said, okay, show me the writ of collection. And she shows it to him, and he said, there's a mistake. This is not written right. It says, We are aware that this property belonged to the deceased, and that's not the case can't collect it. So she says, okay, forget the, that, but at least let me take um, left, you know, from now. It, so the Kumar says, no, that only works if there, was a, uh, if there was no mistake in the rate of collection. But there is a mistake, so you can't do that either. So she said, but I thought when there's a, you, your, Rava, your opinion is, she was apparently pretty learned, Achrayz told Sofer that if you know if, if they forgot to write in, uh, in a in a debt, that uh, the the property that there's a lien on the property, it's a mistake. We, there's still going to be a lien. So the same thing over here. So he says that's not no. So he said that's a mistake, though told Sofer, but we that and it's still obliged, still still binding, as opposed to over here. Rabbi Barshil himself made a mistake. He said he thought that but what's the difference? They're both. Um, both Rebchia's Arichas property, so who cares which property it's coming from? Because he subsumed the entire property of his brother, his deceased brother. But uh, really, that's not the case. It does make a difference which property it is. So since it's a mistaken collection, you're not able to collect on the basis of that. It can cloud also throw question on the validity of the Besdin, so um, that they didn't look to protect her, so it, it's a problem. And that was where we left off yesterday. And that's the end of yesterday's stuff.